chapter 28. I will read the passage today. Verses 10 through 22. Genesis chapter 28. Go on your phone or your tablet. Or if you have, you can grab a Bible in front of you. If there's one in front of you. Genesis chapter 28. Verses 10 through 22. This is the word of God. Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran. And he came to a certain place and stayed there that night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and laid down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed, and behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am Yahweh, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie I will give to you and to your offspring. Your offspring will be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely Yahweh is in this place. And I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. So early in the morning, Jacob took the stone that he had put under his head and set it up for a pillar and poured oil on the top of it. He called the name of that place Bethel, but the name of the city was Lutz at, at the first. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go, and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear, so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then Yahweh shall be my God. And this stone which I have set up for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I'll give a full tenth to you. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. We have been in a series on stewardship. And as I've been saying it week in and week out, stewardship means to manage and um, be and, and, to, uh, and to take care of that which does not belong to you. <laughs> Do you know that those of you who, belong, who believe in the Lord Jesus, that God has paid for you <laughs> with his son's blood, and the things that we call my money is actually his money. <laughs> and that's what we're talking about today. And last week... We started talking about, the, of course, the subject of money, which is often comes up when, in, when most people think about stewardship. And today, especially as we look at this passage, where Jacob, Jacob who is the father of the nation of Israel, Jacob is the one whose name is changed to Israel, and all of God's people is, are named for him. He is the one in this passage, as you can see, that he begins, he does this acting of tithe. I'm going to... I'm going, to get, I'm going to get into this past. I'm going to get into this, into the meaning of tithe. And I know this is a very kind of like um, controversial subject, this issue of tithing. A lot of people don't like it. I'm not even talking about people outside the church. There are lots of people who think, 
you know, this is, this is really what it's about. This is what these pastors do. They do this religion. And, but really what it's about is trying to get a big honk of money out of people. And that's why they love this subject called tithing. And usually I don't, I don't preach on this. I, I may preach on this once a year, if, that, if even that. I don't even think I've even preached on it that, even, even that often. Um, but today, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about tithing, right? And in a, in a message I've called Tithing, Trust, and True Security. And I'm going to talk about that in three parts. Part one. The, the Bible's teaching on tithing and offering. The biblical teaching on the meaning of tithing. Part two, I'd like to offer you a lot of um, key principles. What is it? How, how should this application look like? So I want to have a very practical message today. And part three, grace. How does grace affect giving? Grace and giving. Okay? So part one, um, the biblical teaching on tithing let me um, just share with you this passage. It's, it's a really famous passage. Most people don't pay attention to that final portion where, where Jacob promises that he will now give a tenth of his portions, of, of all that, of the wealth that he gains, to the Lord. Um, but most people talk about this portion that's often famously called Jacob's Ladder. Now, let me just give you a quick backdrop on Jacob. Jacob is at a place in his life, it says here that he went to sleep, and he used a rock for his pillow. That is the Bible's very, very elegant shorthand way of saying his life sucks. <laughs> okay? He is at the bottom of his life. He is dirt poor. This is what he has. He literally has only two. He has, he has, he has oil, which means that's his only wealth. Right? And, and it's usually a, a piece of anointing. And that, that may be his only wealth that he has. And he sleeps on a rock. And the reason he's in this, in this situation is, even though he comes from a very wealthy family, Abraham was a wealthy man. His father, Isaac, was a wealthy man. And, but what Jacob's life was all about was about what he called blessing. And you guys can understand what blessing is. In, let, me, let me be a little more crude about it. Blessing was about getting rich. <laughs> Jacob was a guy, he wanted to have the stuff. He wanted to be the first. He wanted to have the status he wanted to have the place. He wanted to get rich. I often think that Asian American immigrants can very, very relate to Jacob because many Asian American immigrants came to America because we wanted the, the stuff. We wanted the status. We wanted the schools. We wanted the house. We wanted it all. We wanted the success. Uh, that's what we call blessing. That is exactly the, the, the chase of Jacob's life. And he was willing to do anything to get it. And the reason he ended up in this situation was in order to get this, he wanted to get his brother's inheritance because his brother was the firstborn and the firstborn got a bigger inheritance, got more money, got more power, got more of the wealth, and he wanted to steal that inheritance from his brother Esau. And his brother was uh, the older brother by five minutes because they were twins. Because Can you just imagine that? And his brother was dumb. So imagine if you are a twin, your older brother is an idiot. He's going to get way more money than you. He's going to get twice the money as you. And your whole life, you're like, I'm smarter than him. Uh, why does he get more than me? And so he decides that he's going to dress up like his brother and, and tell his old man father when he's blind, he's an old geezer, and literally lie to his face. 
so that he said, I'm Esau, bless me. And he knows that he can give an irrevocable blessing so that he can steal his brother's inheritance. His life was about money. <laughs> That's what he was willing to do to get rich. And after, of course, it all came out, after his father realized I gave the, the blessing to the wrong son, and, and, and then Esau found out, Esau wanted to murder him, and now he's running for his life, and now he has nothing. So he broke and ruined his life over money. <laughs> That's what it was about. And in this time, in this place, when he's at the bottom, that's when God comes to him. God comes to him and says, I'm the God of your father and of your father's father. And I chose Abraham. And Abraham is kind of an important guy. It was through Abraham that God started his salvation plan for the world and was set apart of people by which the Savior of the world will come. And so he is now, he's in this dirt poor place. God comes to him, reminds him of his promises. And then he awakes and then he takes the only wealth that he has, his oil, and he pours it on this pillow, which is a rock, and he worships God. And then at this place, I mean, he grew up with tithing. There's places when Abraham when he would have, when God would come to his rescue, and in response in worship, Abraham would tithe a, a tenth to the Lord. And then he knew that his father practiced this. But Jacob was not a godly man. <laughs> Jacob grew up in church, so to speak, because you know, he had a godly father and a godly grandfather. And he knew all the right teaching, so he'd be like a nice church boy. But that's not what he cared about. <laughs> and for the first time in his life, you know what tithing is? And this is the first thing I want you to understand biblically. Tithing is a response to grace. <laughs> that's really what it is. Tithing is a response to when God comes to us when we don't deserve it, when we are desperate and needy and poor. And that's why last week I talked to you about spiritual poverty. If you really want to have an encounter with God, you can't come to him thinking, I got it all put together. I got my money, I got my health, and I'm going to run my life. You have to come to him in weakness. And this is how God comes. And in response to grace... Jacob, probably for the first time ever, he says, Lord, if you'll be my God, I will give a tenth to you. That's the first thing I want you to understand of the Old Testament. Now, let me give you, as I was prepping this message, there's so much of the Bible, and, and even in the church, there are Christians who don't like the tithing thing, and there's this practice of tithing, and they even say, it's only taught in the, the Old Testament, and if there were, if, and if there are any of you think this way, you might be sitting there going, Pastor, that's probably why you're preaching out of the Old Testament, right? Wrong. It is taught in the New Testament too, right? Um, but let me just give you, I mean, and I was looking at a lot of different passages, and I was even reading other, you know, writings, including by some, some Christians who, are, who disagree that tithing should be taught, and they even think it's only an Old Testament teaching, not a New Testament teaching. And... Um, but just, let me just give you a quick kind of run through. I mean, let me just, uh, of, of just, there's a lot of passages. The Bible talks a lot about giving. And there's actually repeated passages about tithing specifically. But let me just, uh, just hit two passages on giving. This is Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth, and what's the first fruits of your produce? So that's the, that's the thinking on tithe. Give the first fruit. The first fruits of your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. 
right? That's, that's, a, that's just a piece of wisdom from Proverbs chapter 3. Let me say that in, in, in kind of the, in, a, in a modern way. Honor the Lord with your, with your funds and give up your tithe, the first fruits. And then your checking account will have what you need, right? And, and whatever else your, I don't know what vats are. Maybe your, your house will be in a good situation. I don't know, whatever, okay? I'm just, just trying to give it a little translation. You have to 21st century um, understanding. Um, let me take you to uh, Leviticus. So let me read from Leviticus. This is just one of many places that does a teaching on, on tithing. 27 verse 30. Every tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the trees, is the Lord's. It's Yahweh's. It is holy to Yahweh. And to say it is holy to Yahweh means it is to be separated for Him. It is to be set apart for Him. That's the meaning of this word holy, to be set apart, right, unto Him. And then in verse 32 it says, Every tithe of herds and flocks, every tenth animal of all that pass under the herdsman's staff shall be holy to the Lord. Holy to Yahweh. That's pretty comprehensive. Um, that's, that's, that, that's, uh, that's the way, that's the, uh, if back then, if they ever wondered, like, okay, what part of my wealth can I just keep for me? <laughs> and what part of my wealth am I supposed to tithe from? That's uh, Leviticus 27 makes it clear. Of the seeds and of the fruit of the trees and, and every ten animals. That's, that's what money was like back then. The money back then, this is your wealth. Your money is your seed. <laughs> the money is your seeds and the money is the fruit. The money is the wheat. The money was hairy and furry. <laughs> money was furry back then. <laughs> money would crap on, on, your, on your ground, <laughs> right? And throw up sometimes and, and, and then sometimes make more money by having babies, right? That's what money was like back then. So that's what the forms of money. And so, I mean, today we might say every, whether it's of uh, your silver coin, of your gold coins, of your nickel, or of your copper, or of your paper, today money comes in the form of, of copper, or paper, or plastic, <laughs> or actually money's weird today. Money is not even a thing. It's, it's actually a digit on a website called Chase, or maybe for you called Wells Fargo, or you know, TD Ameritrade, or wherever, wherever the, your money resides, okay? Or maybe from uh, you know, a piece of paper from your bank that says equity, the equity in your house is you know, whatever it is, several hundred thousand dollars, that's your money. <laughs> On that piece of paper, that digit is your money. And all the different ways Leviticus commands, give the first fruits, give the tenth unto the Lord. That's just a, just a, a sense. Now let me give you just a quick overview. The Bible gives multiple teachings on giving and tithing. And sometimes the practice would shift and change throughout Israel's history. But just kind of three large kind of categories of how they practiced it that I'd like to offer to you. As you can see, it varies. It's not just a one thing, like, like most people, a tenth. That's like a 10%, right? Yeah, that's the basic idea, but actually the, the practice uh, varied. So one, Jacob, all the different tribes of Israel were named for Jacob's sons. And then ultimately, you know, the sons would have many more kids, and then they would become like, a, like what we would call a, consider a state. Okay? And all of them had land except for one. And because if you wanted to make money and your money was furry, guess what? You need land. <laughs> your money had to grow out of the ground. You need land. So 
Um, all the tribes had land except one tribe, and that was the tribe of Levi. They had no land. And, sorry. and you know how God would provide for the Levites? He told all the other tribes, you give a tenth, and that tenth is going to go to the Levites. Now, why would they do that? Well, one, because they don't have their own land. But two, you know what the role of the Levites was? They were the priests, and they were the caretakers of the temple. In other words, they were the ones who led and called all of Israel to remember God's promises, to be under Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, under David, etc., and to come worship under God. In other words, they were the caretakers of church. <laughs> does, that, does that sound kind of familiar? And you're wondering why God calls forth a tithe to the church. Because if there's no church, where would you worship? And if there's no guy who doesn't make his money some other way, how would you be led to worship? So Levites, that's sort of like the way God supported church. right? And that, I mean, it's an, old, it's an old game plan. In fact, it's from God. right? That's one way. A second way that God did, um, uh, that God called forth... Um, uh, tithing was special festivals. So at very particular festivals, God, uh, the, the people would gather and they would celebrate the goodness of the Lord. Maybe there'd be an extra great crop that year. So if the harvest was as extra good, they, the, the people would give an extra fold um, tenth out, even out of, that, out of that harvest. And, they would, and the Lord would say, give it. And... and um, I see this, is, this kind of practice is starting to be kind of lost more and more in, in this generation. As I realize, especially in my peers, I, I find more and more of my peers don't know how to think of, of, of giving in this kind of way, of special festivals and special occasions. Um, especially older members in the other generation, my, my parents, I know there's older members in the Korean ministry, they still do this. So on Easter, on, uh, on Thanksgiving, on Christmas, they don't just give their regular offering. They give a special offering. And that's another way to, to, to practice this form of tithing. Um, I'll give you, it is even just on special holidays. So I know um, members who have had a special windfall in their, in, their, um, in their investment. You know, one of their stocks shot up or something like that. And they don't just go, oh, this is really great for me. They think of the Lord. And they want to give and say, thank you, Lord, and honor him. Um, I'll give you a story that, uh, that's even, not even something like that. Um, when, uh, when I was a boy, well, when I was a teenager, <laughs> when I was a teenager, my, uh, um, I, uh, you know, I, 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 I was a very busy teenager because I was one of these hard-charging kids. I was taking AP classes, staying up really late at night, studying, and I, had all, and I was like on the track team, and I played violin, and... Um, and so I had to drive my brother and I around to our various different things. And but since I was getting very little sleep, one day I fell asleep at the wheel. <laughs> I fell asleep at the wheel when I was driving my brother and I and, 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 and me to our violin lesson. And so we were driving, and I was probably going maybe about 30 miles an hour. And then I fell asleep, and then the car swerved off, and it crashed into a big old pickup truck that was parked on the side of the road, and psh, we smashed and, and my dad, my dad uh, you, know, he, you know, we're not rich family, so my dad bought me a big American car back then. It was an old, cheap, big American car. It was a 1977 Oldsmobile, <laughs> okay? And um, it was not sexy. It was not cool, all right? But it was big, which was the idea, and keep me safe, and it was cheap because, you know, my dad wasn't rich. And um, I 
we smashed that car, and, and then, of course, I immediately woke up. And you know what? My brother and I came out without a scratch. I mean, you know, we weren't hurt one bit. And, um, and that following Sunday morning, my dad called me to him after breakfast before we went to church, and he showed me a check. And he said, hey, son, you know what this is? He said, this is my special Thanksgiving offering. And you know why I'm giving it? Because you're totally safe. I'm so thankful to the Lord, right? And so I'm glad to give this to the Lord. And I want you to understand this. This is just like, so this is another way that, like, you know, the way that, that God would call forth and people would do this. And this is the way people take these principles of giving and still sometimes do it today, right? And maybe the Lord will do that for you and just a thought in your head um, for consideration for your life. A third way that, that Israel was called to practice tithe was that portion, uh, the portion of the tenth was given specifically for the poor. So the Lord is always mindful to those who are weak, especially to the widows and to the fatherless. And Israel would gather this together and said, give this to the poor and to the widow and to the fatherless. And there's portions later on in, in Israel's history when God would indict Israel, he'd be angry. He would say, you know why there is famine and pestilence or why your, your, um, your very oppressive, um, the oppressive empire is going to come and murder you and carry off your children into slavery is because you hate the poor and because you hate me and because you always cheat the tithe on me because you hate me and hate the poor and because you don't deeply understand what this is about. And so these are some of the calls that God would do throughout the history of Israel. Right. Now, but I want to get back to this, this call from Leviticus chapter 27. It says, take the first fruit of your seeds and of your produce and take one out of every ten animals. And by the way, it, which ten, if you had, if your money, you know, these days, if a $20 bill is crinkled up or if it was very pristine, it's still worth $20, right? There's, there's no difference. So if you give a crinkled up 20 into the offering or all five. I mean, you know, nobody's going to blink at that. Although there are people, there's no difference. Although there are people I know who, you know, when they're thinking about which, one, which bill to give, they actually look at all the bills that they currently have and they, and they pick out their, the nicest one because they want to give that one to the Lord. I actually know people who think like that. I actually heard of a woman, I, I think this is kind of neurotic, quite frankly, so I'm not, you know, in any way recommending this, but she actually irons her money. <laughs> she would, like, Saturday night would iron her bills, and this is the one I'm going to give to the Lord. And I heard of that, I was like, I kind of respect that and think that's whacked, okay? <laughs> but, but think about it. If, if all your bills of your money is furry, and you give a tenth, uh, every ten one, you know, tenth one you give to the Lord, well, you have all these different animals. What do you think people would do? They'd say, I'm going to give the runt. That's the, the little one. Let's give the sickly one to, to God. Right? Isn't it, the, the temptation would be very strong to do that, wouldn't it? And the Lord, but you know what the Lord asked for? He said, give me the first fruit. The first fruits that come out, that's, that's the one I want. And, and then, and then the, the one of, the, of, of your animals, you know which one I want? I want the best one. The spotless one. The one without blemish. Give me that sheep. Give me that cattle. Give me that goat. That's the one that God wanted. And 
this is a, why is that the case? And since we live in this kind of this more modern, and most of us are, we don't know anything about farming. I mean, I, I know squat about farming. I, I don't even know how, how much to water the tomatoes, okay? Uh, I'm, I'm trying to water some of my, my mom's stuff while she's on a, on a trip, and I'm sitting there going, I'm probably killing this sucker, okay? So that's how bad, like, you know, we are today. At least I am, right? Maybe, maybe you guys are better than me. But this principle, it's important to understand the tithing because a lot of people think it's about money. It's not. Why that animal, the one that's without blemish, why that first fruit? If you live in an agricultural or, or a in cattle raising type, so you know what these represent? You know what that first fruit represent? You take the seeds of that first fruit and you use those seeds, guess what? To plant more. <laughs> that seed of that first fruit, that first seed and that first fruit, that's your future. <laughs> that's your greater wealth. That's your savings in case the winter <laughs> turns out to be a rough one. In case the harvest turns out not to be so good and you're feeling poor. And why that particular best animal? Because you're not going to take the, the small one or the spotted one or the weak one and then reproduce that one because that, that'd be stupid. <laughs> if you want to get richer, you're going to take your best one and say, you, the little one, you're going to become dinner tonight. <laughs> Right? But you, the magnificent one, we're going to reproduce you because I want to get rich. That's the way you do it. And for God to ask for that animal or for that first fruit, you know what he's saying? This is what he's saying. He's saying, I'm your future. I'm your portion. I'm your provision. You trust me. Don't trust how smart you are, how good you are. Don't trust how, how great the land is or how well the... Goes. I'm the, I control that stuff. I control the rain. I control the fertility of the soil. I control how many babies will come out of, of this particular cow. He's like, I'm your, I am your provision. And so when, you know, when God's specifically asking this thing, he's pressing us to say, do you trust your money? Oh, you trust me. That's what he's asking for. He's asking for our relationship. He's asking for your heart to trust him because this is the way we are with money. And if you're like me, you basically have two common emotions. And I've read about this. I've studied economics and I've studied like stock trading. And they talk about the psychology of this and saying mostly there's greed and fear. Greed and fear. I'm like, yeah, yeah. As soon as I read that, I'm like, oh, gosh. I, I completely understand what that's like. Sometimes if I get into a stock trade, you know what I'm thinking? I'm like, go up. Go up. Up. And as soon as it goes down, I'm like, oh, fear. Don't go down any lower. Don't go down any lower. So greed, more, 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 more. Fear. Oh, no, no, no. Don't lose. Don't lose. Is, is that your emotions when it comes to your money? And isn't that most of it? But let me say to you that if it comes to money, if you mostly look at money as a calculation and your emotional responses are primarily greed or fear, then money is your God and money masters you and money owns you and not God. So you're, you know, you and I, you know, Jacob, oh, he, he's this dumb guy and he wrecked his life and I wouldn't lie to my dad straight to his face when he's an old man and rip off my own brother, you wouldn't? You ever given your own brother or sister the short end of the stick when it comes to some piece of, like, advantage to yourself? 
You ever been in a place where, at your company and you, you kind of threw one of your coworkers under the bus so that you wouldn't look bad, right? You ever been in a place where, mm, you know, your own friend, you, you kind of hung, out to, hung him out to dry? Well, that's what Jacob did. And some of you are going, oh, I've never done that. Well, maybe that's because you're young. Well, maybe because you're either really a wonderful person or you're just young. <laughs> just wait. As you grow older, a lot, there's a lot of Jacob in us. I've done it. I'm not proud of it. Right? I've hung some people out when my advantage, my financial advantage was at stake. I've done it. Right? And, and uh, whenever you give unto the Lord, and this is, you know, I want to say this point before I go to the second portion of my message. I don't know how you give to the Lord. I, 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 I don't know what any of you give. Okay? Um, actually, John Har is the one in charge of finance, and, and our other brother Jeff and other people look at all that. I don't look at any of those numbers, whatever you, I, and I never will. That's the way it should be. The pastor shouldn't ever touch that stuff. That's their business. I, and my business is God's word. Okay, that's what I'm supposed to do. And, but when you give, I hope you're not thinking primarily it's about money or I'm even giving to the church. You know what? More than before you do any of that stuff, you know what you're doing? You're giving to God. And it is a relationship from you to Him. And there's no... He knows absolutely what's in your heart and what you give, He understands. And what you give and what statement you're saying to Him. So I want you to understand, it's always, always, first and foremost, a relationship between you and Him. And that's why tithing is fundamentally about trusting and knowing Him, and knowing that He is your provision and your safety and the one who will be there for you. Just, you know, look, Jacob, he really learned this. Later on, Jacob works for his uncle. He ends up, you know, moving off to this other part. And his uncle, his name is Laban. Laban is like a, a nastier, more weasel version of him. <laughs> And he works for Laban, and Laban is a liar and a cheat, just like he was a liar and a cheat. You know, he was a greedy, lying, money-grubbing kind of guy. That's what Jacob was. And then he goes and works for his uncle, who's like even more that way. And then he has to work like cold, long hours and, you know, and take it over the sheep. And that's, like, that's basically being a hedge fund manager. That's, like the back, that's the way it was back then, right? He was his uncle's hedge fund manager, except by taking care of the sheep. In order to get paid, he made a deal with his uncle. And he said... It, look, why don't you give me the spotted, the weak, the, the dumpy animals? Give me the, the dumpy, furry money. <laughs> and that probably sounded like a good deal to Laban. And Laban said, okay. But you know what God did? God made those multiply. And God gave him the dumpy portion, so to speak. And maybe part of that was because he's dealing with a, a lying man and he's in a very weak portion of negotiation, so he, he kind of had to, like, that's all he got. He was able to negotiate a kind of a lousy deal. But that didn't stop God from making him a rich man. See? So it isn't even your circumstance. It isn't even necessarily your skills. It is the Lord who is your portion and your security and your future. Now, let me go to part two of my message, key principles and application, all right? 
I want to give you a few principles that I hope will help you. Okay. Um, first, let me uh, read. There's first I want to say to address people who say the New Testament says, Pastor, you can't talk about tithing because that's like law. And the New Testament showed us that we are free of law, so you can't give any of that kind of like teaching because that will put a burden on people, and I understand that. Um, but the tithe was never meant to be a burden. <laughs> and some people say, oh, the New Testament doesn't talk about tithing, so you can't teach that. Uh, well, Luke chapter 11, verse 42, this is what Jesus says. Woe to you Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and every herb, so they tithe, but you neglect justice and the love of God. These you have ought to have done without neglecting the others. So you hear what he's saying? You should not, don't neglect the tithe. So Jesus approves of them for their tithing. They were very scrupulous about it, even right down to the mint and to the herb and every little thing. So Jesus is fine. He approves of that. He approves of tithing. <laughs> but what he disapproves of is where their heart is, is far from love and mercy and grace and truth. See? So this is where, it isn't tithing that Jesus says not to do. And let me just say a little something else about this. All the practices that, that, that God commands in the Old Testament, there's spiritual principle. When you get to the New Testament under Jesus, he takes all those spiritual principles, and you know what he does? He intensifies them. <laughs> Jesus never weakens any of the commands in the Old Testament. He intensifies all of them. So just for example, um, you've heard it says, do not murder. Well, you know what Jesus says? You should not hate your brother. Not just you guys shall murder. You should not hate your brother. And guess what? How about love your enemies? <laughs> you should love your enemies. So Jesus takes everything and intensifies it. So why would the, the command to tithe be in a sense kind of like, you know, chopped down? But in another sense, Jesus gives us a yoke which is not of the law. And I want to say something to you t today, right now, which is very important. Don't hear obligation. If you're at a hard place in your finances and you can't do 10%, for, I mean, for whatever reason, I don't know why I'm going to do it, your fault or not your fault or whatever, okay? And you're like, man, it would be a sacrifice on my part even to just do 2% or 5%. Hmm? Then give that and give it gladly. Without, because the Lord doesn't call, we're not here interested in your money and the Lord is not interested in your money. He will provide for you. In fact, Jesus, there's a portion in, in, in the Gospels where a widow, you know, so Jesus is at the temple, rich people come in and give big chunks of money. And then a widow comes in and gives a couple of little pennies, and you know what Jesus says? She, he goes, that was the best offering. So if your sacrifice, maybe you're at a place in your life where your sacrifice may only be, your, your sacrifice is only 3%, but that's, that's a significant sacrifice to you, and you're giving from your heart the Lord will be pleased with that. And I want you to understand that. But you want to get to a place, this, this place. So this year, maybe that's what you'll give. But as, you're, as the seasons of your life change, maybe you're saying, next year, Lord, I'd like to just bump that up. Go from 3% to 4. And then maybe in the following year, you have to 4% to 5. That's the way I'd like you to understand it. Right? Not this burden. The Lord is never going to try to break your back. He's here to provide for you. And He will. But he also calls you to give. give. Give sacrificially so that from that sacrifice you would say, you're my provision, you're my trust. You hearing me on that? That's the first principle I want to give. About um, Second one, um, tithing 
is a regular form of repentance. <laughs> Look, the average person, you wake up in the morning to, and you worship money. <laughs> All right? Money! This is the thing that's going to make my life too. If you're like me, uh, you know, I, I'm a pastor on Sunday and I'm a money idolater on Monday. <laughs> or I'm a money idolater on, you know, Thursday night when I'm crunching my, you know, when I'm doing my checkbook. Right? Um, and I have to repent there. And tithing is a means to repent. And repentance is to take you from money mastery to Jesus' freedom. That's the second point I would like to offer you. It is a statement. You may not say this out loud, but as you tithe, it is a statement. Jesus, you are my treasure. You are my portion. You are my trust. You are my savings. You are my safety. You are my security. That's what you're saying. Um. A third principle. This is important. Um, and sometimes there's a lot of confusion. I get questions about this. And maybe if I do a good job in this sermon in the future, if anybody ever asks me, I'll say, go back to October 5th, 2014, and go listen to that message. Okay? Tithing is neither, the 10% idea is neither a minimum nor a maximum. I want you to hear that. There's some of you who are saying, if I don't do 10%, then like, I'm, I'm like below par. Okay? I'm below par. So, like, that's a minimum. That's a minimum. So you feel like it's some kind of, like, back-breaking thing upon you. Some of you are at a good place where you're making good money, and then you're like, that's, that's, like, that's your max. As soon as you hit 10%, like, boom, that's it. Not a penny over, right? Um, there was actually a portion of my life when I was doing that. I would get a, a check for $252.37, and literally I would go to church and write a $25.23 check. And, and afterwards, I was looking at that going, like, that's stupid. That's, like really idiotic, right? And I, and I stopped that. I was like, Lord, forgive me. That was really idiotic. Okay, stop that. But tithing is not, is neither, the 10% number is not, is not a minimum nor a maximum. If you think of it as a max nor, or a min, guess what? You're not practicing Christianity. You're practicing legalistic Phariseeism. Because now you're just practicing law. You're not living under heart-motivated Gracious obedience and trust. Very different. So think about this. What is a tithe? The tithe, why is it? It's just, look, it's just a practical, sensible number. 10% is not easy. For most of us, a tithe would be a significant sacrifice. It will neither break you, but it will be a statement of trust, right? That's for most of us, that's what it would be like. But Imagine if you make a million dollars a year. <laughs> if you make a million dollars a year and you give $100,000 to the Lord that year, I mean, that'd be a nice statement. from the, You get a nice letter from the church and you get a nice tax break. But you know, like, you can go, 100 grand. That's like, hey, I, I rocked it. I gave more than anybody else at church. 100 grand. And you can feel, you, you can like, pat yourself on the back for giving you 100 grand. But if you make a million dollars a year and you max it at 10%, let me tell you something. You're probably greedy and stingy because who the heck needs $900,000? You could afford to be a lot more generous, and there's a lot more needs. In the gospel, there's a lot more ways that you can make a difference you know, with, with your wealth and the, and the great way. I mean, you've been blessed with much. Too much is given, much is expected. And so if you think of it as a max that way, but if you're at a really hard place, the opposite, maybe, like as I said, 3% would be a significant sacrifice. Please give it. 
and don't feel this back-breaking burden. But why was it a tithe? Because it's just a practical number. It's a, we, need, we need a number. We need some kind of practical guideline, right? Because that's how we, that's what we, we do. You, knew, you do need that, right? I mean, age 16 is when you can drive. Is that some kind of magic number? No. It's because who the heck wants a 12-year-old to drive? You want a 12-year-old to drive? But do we want to wait till people are 21? No. It's just, it's, it's just a sensible number, right? And so that's what the tithe is. But really, the tithe is asking God, before you even ask for your money, he's asking for your heart. Look, if I ask my son, I want you to take care of this lawn and you're going to mow it, and the job is to mow this lawn and work on this lawn one hour a week. One hour a week. And if he goes out there and everything looks great and there's plenty, you know, it rained the night before and it takes 20 minutes to take care of it, would I be unhappy? <laughs> oh, son, get out there. You only you, 40 more minutes. 40 more minutes out in that lawn, you know, young man. No, of course not. But what if he goes out there, there's a lot of weeds, and the, the, the lawn is very dry, and we need a few more seeds, and we need some fertilizer, and, you know, he's doing this work, and as soon as he hits 59 minutes and 59 seconds, that little second clicks, and he stops. <laughs> and then he runs up. Okay, that's it, Dad. It's video game time now. <laughs> it's internet time. And so I'm going to go, you know, ride my bike time now. What would happen? <laughs> I would go, what are you doing? <laughs> that lawn looks terrible. He's like, well, I already did my one hour. My son isn't being a son. What is he being? He's being a pure legalist. <laughs> following the minimum that he has to do for his chore. And all he's doing is doing a chore, not following his father's heart. Isn't that right? Um, uh, I, I now, just, just one more thing before I, I start going to the final portion of my message, right? Just, just, just as kind of like how, how my wife and I do it, right? We like to give um, roughly about, you know, I like to give about 10% of what I make out of, out of what I make out of my income. And, often, and I'm not afraid to go above it. You know, I'm not too picky about it. I don't, I'm not 25, 22 cents like I used to. I mean, which is, I, I, and I, I gladly round up. But sometimes as the Lord gives me windfalls in other areas of my life, um, I like to give more. And sometimes I, you know, and I don't give all of, of my tithe necessarily even directly to church. Sometimes I give it to others, or I'll give it specifically to certain missionaries or certain, certain, uh, certain causes that the Lord has placed on my heart. Maybe there's gospel ministries the Lord will place on your heart. And if you feel that longing to want to bless your neighbors through the gospel ministry in different ways, like I'll just mention two that come to my mind that I really care about. One ministry I love is Harvest USA. And if you've been in our church, you, you may have heard of Harvest USA. It's a ministry that seeks to heal the sexually broken. And we're talking particularly people who have a, have, have a porn addiction or people who, uh, who very much wrestle with homosexual, same-sex desire, right? And this ministry ministers, I think it's a, just a tremendous piece of grace, gospel ministry, and occasionally, when I have some money, I would love to give money to them, but I, I don't have enough money. I wish I could give more. Right? Another ministry I think is just so important is, 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 uh, is crisis pregnancy centers. And so for those of you who don't know, and there's usually a couple in every city, crisis pregnancy centers is to help women choose not to have an abortion, 
but to have their child and either keep their child or give, up, give this, their child up for an adoption. Christ's pregnancy has literally saved lives. I mean, there are literally people walking around today, and there are mothers who are loved and supported, women who were at a desperate place. And so, for, for the sake of the gospel, people are out there doing this unbelievably precious work, um, very much under the radar of our culture, even under the churches, and my heart goes out to that. And so, so you know, I like to give... Uh, like my regular tithe to the church, but then sometimes to some of these other things. And, you know, in any given year, you, I, 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 at least for the last several years, our, 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 our tithing portion tends to be, of my income, tends to be anywhere from like 12, 13, 14% of, of what we make, right? And I'm not saying we do it the best. I mean, that's probably, for most of you who are middle class type, um, you know, Christians and believers, a tithe, a 10% tithe, that does, that's a significant piece of giving. Right? And let me encourage you to, to just consider this. Not because we're the best example, but this is, I, I've, uh, this is what I've seen, and I know it really works well for us, and I know that we make such an important difference in a lot of different ways. And just another piece of, um, you know, some, of, of, of a tip on this. Sometimes, you know, if you give regularly, even though you don't give a lot, you can make a big difference. Um, so one of the missionaries that we, we support is, is, a, is a dear sister, a friend of ours. She's out in, in Africa, actually, in like really in a really poor, remote portion of Africa. And our support for her um, is $45 a month, right? So $45 is not nothing, but it's not a lot either. Yesterday, I took my, my, my kids and my wife out to a movie, get, and we, you know, we, 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 we were frugal, so we went to the matinee. <laughs> Right, uh, five people um, at the movies was thirty-five dollars at the matinee, and eight dollars for popcorn. It was forty-three dollars. Uh, we give the equivalent of a movie to our our support our friend in Africa. Right, but forty-five. So that's not a lot to me. Forty-five dollars. I don't mind giving forty-five dollars to me. That, that's a movie. That is really how I think of it. It's a movie or a, a night out for dinner, a modest night out for dinner. Like that's a pizza dinner for us. Right, but. 45 times 12 comes out to, if you do it every month, and it just regularly goes out of, my, you know, out of our account every month, if you do it regularly, it'll be more than $500 over the course of a year. And I don't even blink at that. And I don't even think about it until I get this you know, notice from her mission agency saying, thank you for giving. And $500 is real money, and it's making a huge difference in a dirt poor part of the world. Right? So... Um, just this last thing I want to say before I go to the final portion of my message. Today, if you're not a tither, right? today I just want to challenge you to try it so you could taste of its blessing. Not so that our church can get more money, so that you can know what Jacob experienced. You can meet the Yahweh and walk with him more deeply. Because, and just, just, just try it for four months. Just four months. Try it for four months. If you never did it before, I challenge you to consider trying it for four months. Right? And I know this isn't easy. Um, when I was a, I didn't always like, I like tithing now. And, and it's not hard for me. Um, one of the other principles is the Bible teaches you to give reluctantly and without compulsion. For the Lord lives, loves a cheerful giver. And the Lord will give. I started our 
service today with that, with that uh, verse. Um, and I'm a cheerful giver. And I hope that you will learn to be cheerful and move toward uh, without compulsion, in fact, gladness. I always wish I could make my tithe bigger. Right? Not because I'm Mr. Holy Roller Pastor, but I've been at places, and it was a process for me. I mean, the first time I ever tithed was right after I had a summer job. You know, this was back in 1989 when, um, when, when minimum wage was five twenty-five, and I had a $9.75 an hour job, which I was like, I'm rocking it. <laughs> and I made $3,500, which was going to be my spending money in college. And my dad asked me, are you going to tithe? And I was like, Whoa. <laughs> I was like, I started doing the math in my mind, and I'm like, $350. And then I started thinking, how many hours did I have to work in order to make that $350? That's a lot of $9.75 into $350. I'm like, oh, that's painful. So I didn't always necessarily do it this way. And maybe that's where you're at. But just try it for four months and see if you meet the Father in a new way. And learn deep trust and feel the Father's pleasure. The Bible says that he, he, he will give what you need. Maybe it isn't necessarily more money, but you will see him love you and watch you as you do this. Right? Now let me close this message about grace and giving. I could have come into this service, said, here's the bar. If you're done to this bar, you stink. I could actually even find verses in the Bible to make you feel bad about that. But that wouldn't be from the gospel. That wouldn't be of grace. And I started this message by telling you that Jacob, Jacob tithed after he had his first real and deep encounter with grace. And God came to him in grace, in his poverty. And by the way, that's in the Bible, but this Genesis 28, that little detail's in the Bible. If Jacob tithes, you know, that's a signal to all of Israel. Oh, we're named for Jacob. He, he, he's Israel. Jacob was, is the one who became Israel. He's for Israel. I guess that means we should be a tithing people. <laughs> that's what it means. That is what it means. But he tithes after a response to grace. But let me tell it to you even better than that. It's said that every family on earth will be blessed through the offspring of Jacob, and that offspring is Jesus. You know, on Monday, you're going you're to make money, or you're going you know, you have your blessing, you have all your earthly blessings. And maybe you'll pray throughout your day, maybe you'll pray for your meals, and you know, those are like the blessings that we often care about, and we think about. And um, but you know, that's, that's, that's really not the deepest blessing God wants to give you. If God, if God could set out his furry money, <laughs> so to speak, before us, and he would set out all his lambs before us, you know which one we tend to ask for? Lord, give me the, 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 the dumpy, runty, spotted one. That's what we're asking for when we say, give me more money. Let me pay off my mortgage. Can I get a better job opportunity? <laughs> You know, can, can, can I, can, can my stock shoot up, please? That's what we're, that's what you're asking for, the spotted, dumpy lamb. But you know, that's not the one that God is interested in giving you. You know what, we're, God has asked us to give to him. But you know that God always gives to you. And he gives you the lesser lambs on Monday, Tuesday, Friday, all the time. 
but that's really not the one he really wants to give you. Do you know that God calls us to give our first fruit, our finest lamb to him? But it's not because he didn't do it first for us. God looked at all his wealth and all that was most precious to him. And you know what he did? He gave us his first fruit, except it was called his first son, his only son. And he gave us his most finest spotless lamb. It is the lamb of God, and his name is Jesus. And he gave us his most finest lamb so that he would love us. And he invites you and me now to give us of our first fruit and of our finest furry money, so to speak, so that we would know how deeply he loves us and provides for us. Not because it is a law upon you, but because he has first given you his finest, spotless lamb of God, Jesus. Let me today urge you to run to him and not be afraid and say, money, you're just money. Jesus, you're the most precious lamb. You're the richest treasure that I have. And Father, I love you. And I want to love you because you have first loved me. This is the gospel. And this is the heart of which I hope that you'd be willing to give sacrificially and tithe and do so with joy and freedom and gladness as you live under the great, freeing, liberating lordship and mastery of Jesus, not money. Let's pray. Father, I know that this is a hard topic, and I know that there are brothers and sisters who hear this message and they are under financial stress. I know that they're in a hard place, they can relate to our father Jacob. They're like, I may end up needing a rock as my pillow soon. Really tithe? But I pray that today, even those brothers and sisters would say, money, you are not my treasure. You are not my trust. You are not my security. It is God's promises. It is Jesus. And I want to pray for even those, I pray that you would bless my brothers and sisters, you would bless them richly, you would give them every full of grace, abundancy, and full of sufficiency, including in their money and their bank accounts, Lord. But they would never be owned by money. They would gladly have you, have you as their portion and as their prize. And so money would just be money. And we would use it wisely, we would use it well, and we only worship and adore you. So free us, Lord, as only you can do. In Jesus' name. Amen.